may be seated. If you take your copy of God's Word, please, and turn again to the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 5, as we continue our series uh, that we're calling Blessed, a study of the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5. And uh, we're going to spend a few minutes together in the Word, um, together. Matthew chapter 5, we'll be looking at verse 7 uh, in just a moment. According to F.W. Borum, an early American settlement in a vast forest land was in danger of attack from warriors. And one blistering Sunday, the church was packed and the uh, doors and windows were open. And while the meeting was in progress, a group of warriors emerged from the woods. Their leader was named Chief Black Eagle. And uh, Chief Black Eagle crouched near the door waiting to give the signal for the massacre. But pausing, before he gave that signal, he heard a voice from inside of the building. And it was someone reading the Beatitudes from Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful. And somehow those words pierced him like an arrow. And as stealthily as he had come, he retreated and signaled for his men to do the same. Here's what he said. If these are the laws of the settlers, let them live so they can teach them to us. In other words, if these are their laws, let them live so they can teach those laws to us. Beloved, the Beatitudes have been such a blessing uh, to us so far as we've studied them one by one and looked at these wonderful statements from the Lord Jesus. And you know what? They're going to be a blessing as well as we live them out in our lives. And we see this especially as we come this morning uh, to the fifth beatitude there in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 7. Guys, can we get the screen up this morning, please? Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, where we're going to find uh, this verse. If you look at it with me in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, no, no response. All right. You know what? I think our bulb is gone. Well, we'll, we'll mourn the loss of it. So you just have to listen, all right? And I've got a lot of Scripture to show you, uh, but I think our bulb has bit the dust. Um, Matthew chapter 5, verse 7 said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now, we've seen a progression so far. We started out by saying that we're poor in spirit. That is, we're spiritually bankrupt. We have nothing to offer on our own. And because of that, we mourn over our sin, the sin within us and the sin that surrounds us. And then we know that we are meek because we're poor in spirit, because we're mourning over our sin. There's nothing in us that leads to pride and arrogance. Instead, we find meekness. We find gentleness. We find humility. And that leads to a hungering and a thirsting for righteousness. A hungering and a thirsting for God Himself. And then these Beatitudes that we've already studied, they lead to action. They lead us to be blessed. And they lead us to bless others. And one of the ways that we bless others is by showing mercy. And here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now that poses some questions to us this morning. I think the very first question we need to unpack is this. What is mercy? If we're going to be merciful, if we're going to show mercy... We have to know what in the world mercy is, right? And as I've studied it out, mercy comes down to two main things. Two main things. Those two main things are forgiveness and compassion. 
forgiveness and compassion. Now, intertwined with that would be things like leniency and generosity and the like. But the main thought behind mercy is forgiveness and compassion. And we hear that and we think, well, that's great. I'm all for compassion. I'm all for forgiveness. But again, I want us to stop for a moment and I want us to hear these words while standing in the sandals of those who first heard them. The people who were listening to the Lord Jesus when He said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Warren Wiersbe said that the Roman world did not admire mercy. The Romans did admire justice and courage and self-control and wisdom, but not mercy. In fact, the philosophers called mercy, listen, they called it a disease of the soul. Something to be abhorred and ashamed of if you expected to be a success. Imagine that. You were to be ashamed if you were to show mercy. Slaves were treated like pieces of used furniture. The position of women and children was far from ideal. In fact, if a woman gave birth to a daughter or a sickly son, the father had the privilege of rejecting the child and having it exposed to die. In fact, in that world, a temperamental master could, in a fit of anger, maim or even kill a slave. An enemy was an enemy. And the best enemy was a dead enemy. And he said, our world is not too far removed spiritually from the Roman world in which Jesus gave the Beatitudes. Listen, people are still treated like things. Power is the supreme deity and success is the most important thing in life. Now, looking at their culture, considering that mindset and that kind of thinking, imagine what it was to hear the Lord Jesus say these words, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Countercultural, for sure. But there's this idea of forgiveness and compassion. Rather than revenge... Rather than bitterness, I choose mercy. I choose forgiveness. A great example of this in the Bible is a man by the name of Joseph. Now, this is not Mary and Joseph. This is Joseph of the Old Testament. Years ago, we did a whole study on his life. If you were with us, you remember that Joseph, his brothers sold him into slavery. And you go throughout his life, he experienced the pit. And then he was put in a prison. And finally, he's in the palace. And his brothers are standing before him. The very brothers who had sold him into slavery so many years before. And here he is, Joseph, the second most powerful man in the world. But you know what he does? You know what he does? He forgives them. And he loves them. And he cares for them. In other words, he shows them mercy. Jot this reference down. Genesis 50, verses 19 through 21. Genesis 50, 19 through 21, Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? He's talking to his brothers, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. Listen, I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Beloved, that's mercy. He forgave them. But we said, likewise, there's this element of compassion. And we see that in Joseph's response too, don't we? Not just, I forgive you. Now get out of my sight. I never want to see you again. No. He said, I not only forgive you. He said, I want to love you. I want to care for you. I want to care for your little ones. I'm going to speak kindly to you. I'm going to bless you. And beloved, this compassion 
Remember, mercy is forgiveness and compassion. This compassion that makes up mercy is more than just a feeling. It's more than just a glance and then we go on our way. Beloved, it is active. As some have put it, mercy is compassion in action. In other words, the poor, the needy, the suffering, the destitute are truly helped by the merciful person. Mercy is a very practical thing. In fact, John MacArthur said that mercy is seeing a man without food and giving him food. Mercy is seeing a person begging for love and giving him love. Mercy is seeing someone lonely and giving him company. Mercy is meeting the need, not just feeling. It's not just feeling bad or feeling kind of, you know, I feel bad for you. No, it's compassion in action. It goes from feeling to doing. It's an active thing, this idea of mercy. In fact, mercy truly carries a cost. Mercy may cost us money and time and energy and resources and certainly will cost us in care. Let me read a story to you from the Bible. It's a story the Lord Jesus told. I think you'll remember it. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation just so you hear it maybe in a different, different way this morning. But listen to this story and see if you remember this story. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes and beat him up and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, listen to what Jesus says. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Now, listen to the response. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. The one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, Yes, now go and do the same. You say, what's mercy? Well, it's what goes on in the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's seeing someone in need and not passing by on the other side, but it's going and ministering to that person and helping that person and encouraging that person in their need. It's compassion in action. It's active. That's mercy. So we know what it is. It has the element of forgiveness and compassion. Now, here's another question. Why should we show mercy? Why should we show mercy? I mean, honestly. Well, there's an answer to that. There's a reason why we should get involved in this messy idea of ministry. You know, the ministry of mercy is messy, by the way. If you're truly going to minister to people, it gets messy at times. I'm sure there are a lot of ways we could say it, but I've come down to to three-part answer to this question, why should we show mercy? Let me go through it with you very quickly. 
Why should we show mercy? Well, first of all, because it resembles God and pleases Him. It resembles God and pleases Him. Now I wrestled with the best way to put that. I said it resembles God. What I, what I meant to say is this, is that when we show mercy, we're doing what God does. We resemble Him. We imitate Him. It resembles God. Jot these references down. I can't show them to you this morning, but jot them down. Exodus 34, verse 6. Exodus 34, verse 6. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, listen, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. The Lord Himself calls Himself merciful. Jot this reference down. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But God who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us. God who is rich in mercy. When we show mercy, we resemble God. We imitate God. We are doing what God does. But we also said what? It also pleases Him. Write this reference down. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But listen, here's what the Lord requires. But to do justly, to love mercy. That's pretty strong, isn't it? To love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Then write this one down. Luke 6, 36. The Bible is very clear here. We're asking and answering the question, why should we show mercy? Luke 6, 36 says, Therefore be merciful. Be merciful just as your Father also is merciful. Why should we show mercy, preacher? Well, first of all, because we resemble God when we do it. And it pleases God. But there's a second reason. We should show mercy because we have received mercy ourselves. We've received mercy ourselves. You know, there's a sense in which God has been merciful to everybody. The lost person, the saved person. I mean, God's been so good to everybody, hasn't He? Giving us life, giving us sunshine, giving us water and air and all those things. He's been merciful to everyone. But I'm thinking particularly in this response to those of us who are born again. Those of us who are saved. We have received mercy. We extend mercy because God's extended mercy to us. Think of the Lord Jesus and the mercy that He's shown to us. You know, today, in just a few moments, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. And the Lord's Supper serves as a reminder, doesn't it, of the body and blood of the Lord Jesus. It serves as a reminder of the mercy of God in giving His Son, the Lord Jesus, and the fact that Jesus gave Himself for us and He extended mercy. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. But God in His mercy gave His Son and Jesus in mercy gave His life. You know, showing mercy is one of the ways that we show that we are indeed the children of God. You might want to write this reference down, 1 John 3. 17 and 18. 1 John 3, 17 and 18. It says, But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Remember, it's compassion in action. How can we help but to show mercy when we have received mercy ourselves? If that's not enough, to answer the question, why should we show mercy? I have one more response. 
we should show mercy because we will obtain more mercy. Hmm. Obtain more mercy. Look back at that beatitude again, especially at the end. It says there, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now, it's important when we read this not to get confused. We don't earn mercy. In fact, you can't earn mercy. You can't go and say, hey, I'm here to receive my mercy. Because you can't earn it. It's mercy. It's forgiveness. It's compassion. And so when this says that the merciful shall obtain mercy, it's not talking about salvation. It's not talking about being made right with God. In fact, salvation is not dependent upon us in any way, shape, or form. In fact, Titus chapter 3 and verse 5 says it this way, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but listen, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. And so, yes, we're saved by mercy, but it's not mercy that we've earned or merited because we can't. It's God's mercy that He saves us by washing us in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when it says here that blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy, it's not talking about the mercy and salvation. It's talking about a different kind of mercy. As MacDonald put it, it's the daily mercy for Christian living. The daily mercy for Christian living. You hope I understand. Uh, you hope, uh, you understand, I hope, that we never get beyond God's need or our need for mercy. Let me say that again. That was really confused and you don't know what I just said. And I don't either. You understand, I hope, that we never get beyond the need for God's mercy. So I can edit that out of the tape later, but this is live, so I better go back there. We never get beyond the need for God's mercy. Now, what is mercy again? We just talked about it way back. Mercy is what? It's forgiveness and compassion. Is there ever a point in your life where you get to the point you say, you know what? I don't need God's forgiveness. Is there ever a point where you get in your life and you say, I don't need God's compassion? We never outgrow the need for God's mercy. We never get to the point we no longer need that from the Lord. We need God's mercy every single day. We often sing a song. It's one of our, I'm speaking personally, one of my favorite hymns. But it's interesting when you read where it's found, where it was rooted. Listen to these verses. Lamentations. How many of you like to spend a lot of time in Lamentations? You start your morning out with Lamentations. Well, listen to Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. And see if this sounds familiar to you. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because His compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You know now where the song comes from, right? Now think about it. Mercy is forgiveness and compassion. We need God's mercy every day. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, through the Lord's mercies we're not consumed because His compassions fail not. They're new every morning. And so this morning, we're experiencing the mercy of God. Yesterday morning, we experienced the mercy of God. Tomorrow, we're going to experience the mercy of God. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. What about this verse? I bet you know this one. Psalm 23, 
Verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. How long? All the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so do you understand now what it says then when it says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Our God is so merciful to us. He's so good to us. Adrian Rogers told the following story about a young man who experienced some incredible hardship in his life. See, this young man was blinded in an accident. And he was a young man. He'd spent all of his life up to that point with perfect eyesight. But then there was an industrial accident and he was blinded. And this young man, to be honest with you, was bitter and he was confused and hurt and filled with remorse and confusion. And after a while, he was going to have to go to the school for the blind. And he dreaded it. He didn't want to go to the school of the blind. But he went. He went into the president's office. And the president did his very best to, to welcome this young man and make him feel welcome. He said, we're glad to have you here. We want to be a friend to you. We want to help you. You can live a wonderful life. Not as though you had sight, but there are many things that the blind know that others don't know. We're here to help you. And he said, there's someone here, an instructor, who's going to show you around the campus. And an instructor came in and they did the greetings. And the instructor said, now come on out on the porch with me. And they went out on the porch. He said, listen, I just want to help you to get acclimated. He said, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to walk you around the campus first of all. We're going to go down these steps. He said, there are ten steps. Count them as we go down. When we go down the steps, we're going to turn right. And as we turn right, we're going to go out through the garden. He says, we're going to walk through the garden. We're going to circle the campus. He said, I want you to get acquainted. And so they began to walk in this campus. This young man who's now blind. The instructor said, don't worry. I'll be right here at your elbow in case anything goes wrong. And that gave this young man some assurance. They went down the ten steps. They turned right. They went out into the garden. They took their time. The man felt the flowers. He smelled them. There was a water fountain there. He got a drink from the water fountain. They sat on a stone bench there in the garden. And they continued their route around. And they, they went around the entire campus. And the young man was feeling better. He felt more like he was at home. And they said, let's go up into the dormitory where you'll be staying. Let's go in the room. And so they counted the steps into the room. He was showed where all the furniture was located, where things were put, where things were kept. And then he said to him, the instructor said, listen, I'm here to help you. I'm here to show you. It won't be too long before you catch on. And by this time, this young man, this newly blinded young man was feeling at home. And he said to his instructor, I just want to thank you so much. He said, I had so much fear when I came here. But you've been such a friend. You've helped me so much. I just want to say thank you. He said, you've been so very understanding. He said, you know it's hard for someone to understand when you're blind. And the instructor said, I can understand. I'm blind also. I'm blind too. And Adrian Rogers concluded his story by saying that those who have received mercy know how to show it more than anybody else, don't they? And he said, if you haven't received mercy, no wonder 
you don't show mercy. Those of us today, beloved, who know the Lord Jesus Christ, we have experienced mercy. And God says, go and do the same. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Let's pray. Father, it is with a grateful heart that we bow in Your presence. And we thank You for Your grace and Your glory and we thank You today for Your mercy. We are so, so thankful. We don't deserve Your mercy, but You loved us and You gave it to us. Help us to be bearers of mercy. Help it to be evident in our lives as we meet others. I pray if anyone here today has never received the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that this will be the hour, this will be the day where they turn from their sin and place their faith in Jesus Christ. Father, help us to live out this beatitude to be filled with forgiveness and compassion. Help us to be merciful as you are merciful. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs)